0: Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. I'm glad to have you with me. The phone number, if you'd like to be on the program, is 877-973-7425. I I wanted to find this clip. It's a bit of an old clip. I've played it before. Um, This is coverage of the Trump administration for its first two years. So 2017 and 2018. There's a point I want to make about it. But again, uh, to understand what you're about to hear, this is a montage that was prepared several years ago covering the first two years, not, not all four years, just the first two years, 2017 and 2018. This is the media coverage of the Trump administration from CNN to MSNBC to ABC, CBS, NBC, to even Fox News. Breaking news. A bombshell. Today is a turning point. Today was historically bad for President Trump. Today was a a turning point. A turning point. We're at a turning point here. The beginning of the end for the Trump presidency. We have another bombshell. Mike Pence might have to assume the office of the presidency. Rumblings of the word impeachment. Breaking news. Another bombshell out of the White House. I believe this is the beginning of the end. I do too. It's really the beginning of the end. He may be feeling the walls closing in on him. All the the walls closing in on him. The walls closing in in on him. Breaking news, a new bombshell. One astrologer says this means the beginning of the end for President Donald Trump. Trump will resign. Trump is going to resign. Is this the tipping point? I know we've said it. Over and over. You think this is a tipping point? And over and over. This is a tipping point. And over and over. Breaking news, President Trump off the rails. This is the beginning of the end today. The beginning of the end. Breaking news tonight, new bombshell. This is the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. The walls are closing in. The wall's closing in. The walls closing in. Breaking overnight bombshell. This is a very dramatic day, and I think it might be near a tipping point. Do you think this is a tipping point? December 1st, 2017, you can mark it down. This is the day that everything changed. The beginning of the end. 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 The of the... We begin tonight with the bombshell. Donald Trump is in a lot of trouble. Trump is in trouble. The president will resign. Another hour, another bombshell. This is a tipping point. Trump's going down. This president could be impeached. Resignation. Resignation. I don't think this president is going to serve out his term. Mr. Trump will not serve out his term. He will not serve out his term. No way know-how breaking news absolute bomb. donald trump is not he's done and it's over it's over the walls closing in the walls closing in this is going to be the achilles hill breaking news tonight i expect trump to depart this week will be the watershed week trump is in big trouble trump's in a lot of trouble it's a sign of a terrified old man who feels the walls closing in the walls are increasingly closing in on him tonight the walls are closing in today changed everything this is the beginning of the end today the biggest tipping point for the trump administration historic day the bombshells he's underwater he feels the walls closing in. turning point we may be at a tipping point it's the beginning of the end the beginning of the end another bombshell 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 bombshell, bombshell. bombshell. this is a bombshell it is a- <laughs> <laughs> I love playing. y'all that's just the first two years that's just the first two years the media is finally coming to terms with the Hunter Biden story. And Ron Klain, uh, the Prime Minister, Joe Biden's right-hand guy, his official title is Chief of Staff to the President of the United States. He was asked about this by George Stephanopoulos. He also know the Justice Department is intensifying its investigation into Hunter Biden, the President's son. I assume the President has had no contact with the Justice Department about that? Uh, Neither the president or any of us at the White House have had any contact with the Justice Department about that. Is the president confident Hunter Biden didn't break the law? Uh, Of course the president's confident that his son didn't break the law. Uh, But most importantly, as I said, that's a matter that's going to be decided by the Justice Department, by the legal process. It's something that no one at the White House has involvement in. According to Ron Klain, the chief of staff of the president of the United States, the president and the whole White House staff are confident that Hunter Biden, a crackhead who hired prostitutes, did not break the law. They're confident that Hunter Biden, who smoked crack cocaine, an illegal substance, purchased illegally, with prostitutes engaged in illegal activity, somehow didn't engage in illegal activity when it came to Burisma and Chinese companies. Can you imagine if this were a Trump kid, what the media coverage would be? I played you a montage of two years of coverage of the Trump White House. Bombshell, 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 breaking news, bombshell, bombshell, beginning of the end, beginning of the end, bombshell. Bombshell. Can you imagine if one of Trump's kids had a laptop that was released? And by the way, the media wouldn't cover the release of the laptop. They said it wasn't true. It's taken them two years to admit that it was true and to vet it to themselves. Uh, meanwhile, compare that to the Trump phone call story where they immediate, the media immediately ran with stories of deleted phone records that turn out not to be deleted. It took them two years before they would touch the Hunter Biden story and not even a day to run with an already retracted story about phone calls from the Trump White House. Is it any wonder no one trusts the media on this? But the idea that Joe Biden would think that Hunter Biden would do the right thing. By the way, I've talked to multiple reporters, and they all say Hunter Biden is a major screw-up and not a nice person. Good Morning America did not run a story that made really big news over the weekend, and notice they covered it over the weekend on ABC News, so this is where media bias comes in. It's how and what stories they cover, when they cover them over the weekend... ABC News broke a big story about Hunter Biden. And Good Morning America would not touch it. The George Stephanopoulos who asked Ron Klain about Hunter Biden didn't want to touch this story today. This is from ABC News, though. And see what they'll say is, well, we covered it. You talked about it on radio. Yeah, but you didn't cover it in prime time. You buried it on the weekend when no one was watching. Hunter Biden is apparently spending his father's presidency living in luxury in Malibu. And so is his taxpayer-funded security detail. The Secret Service detail protecting the president's controversial son has been paid more than $30,000 a month to rent out a swanky Malibu, California mansion for nearly a year. Sources familiar with the matter tell ABC News. The agency responsible for protecting the president and his family, among other ranking government officials, selected the property in order to be located as close as possible to Biden's own rented mansion, where he is paying $20,000 a month. Retired senior Secret Service agent Don Mielek, now an ABC News contributor, said the arrangement is the cost of doing business for the Secret Service, adding that under federal law, the agency has a mandated protective responsibility for the president, the first family, and anyone else the president designates for protection. Typically... Whenever a protectee sets up their residence, the Secret Service is forced to find some place to rent nearby and market value, Mielek said, noting that the agency is also renting out properties to protect President Biden's residences in Wilmington and Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. This isn't new. The service has had to do this in the past administrations, and unfortunately, the housing market has driven the prices up substantially. Hunter Biden is staying in a mansion on the beach in Malibu, California, renting it for $20,000 a month. Where do you think he is getting that money? Where do you think he's getting the money? Now, to merge stories. This is the same problem the Biden administration has with Iran. The Biden administration wants to believe. Ron Klain can say that they do believe, but let's be honest here. It's that they want to believe Hunter Biden is doing nothing nefarious. It's that they want to believe Hunter Biden is somehow repentant and an upstanding guy. It's They want to believe this. They would never believe it about Trump or the Trump family, but they want to believe it about Hunter Biden. In the same way, they want to believe this about Iran. They want to believe that Iran will stop funding terrorism around the world. In other words, the Biden administration is engaged in magical thinking. When you buy stock in the stock market, when you invest, they tell you the past is not an indicator of the future. They don't want you to think that because the stock's been going up in the past that it'll suddenly keep going up in the future. They don't want you to think that. But in reality, outside the stock market, the past is the best indicator of the future. And the Biden administration is now engaged in magical thinking wherein they do not have to consider the past. They do not have to consider what came before. They do not have to consider Hunter Biden's repeated pattern of gross behavior. They can somehow now believe everything's all right. That he's just honestly got this $20,000 a month lying around to be able to fund this mansion. That he's not trading on his father's name, the president of the United States. He would when he was vice president, but he would never do that when Joe's president. They're engaged in magical thinking on Iran that somehow the Iranians, if we give them this deal, they'll stop funding the Houthi rebels. They'll stop funding Hezbollah. They'll start feeding their people. They'll start taking care of their people. They are engaged in magical thinking, detached from reality. It's the same thing with the economy. They're engaged in magical thinking there as well, that somehow everything will just sort itself out, and that it's not their fault. I don't know what left-wing think tanks they're talking to. I don't know where they're getting their information. I don't know whose worldview is shaping their worldview. Maybe it's Joe Biden, who's been wrong about pretty much everything in 50 years when it comes to foreign policy. But the idea that somehow or another, you can just presume that everything's A-OK with Hunter Biden and with Iran is magical thinking given the past is the best indicator of the future. Annie McCarthy has a piece over at National Review. Does Hunter Biden face indictment? Uh, The answer, probably. There is less in that answer than you might suppose. It's been widely known for years. Hunter Biden has tax problems. In 2020, the District of Columbia slapped Hunter Biden with the $450,000 lien stemming from tax de- delinquencies that stretched back to 2017. The lien was filed in July as the presidential campaign was heating up. That was six months after then-President Donald Trump was impeached by the Democrats over the Ukrainian government's conduct and the investigation of the Biden family. As a result, Hunter's penchant for landing big paydays in corrupt and authoritarian countries where his father wielded influence over American policy has drawn attention. The tax liability is so undeniable that Hunter Biden himself felt compelled to acknowledge it. What's more interesting, though, is that what has long been obvious to many Americans is now explicit even in the media Democrat complex. The Hunter Biden probe is about far more than what he gingerly called my tax affairs. Hunter Biden may go to jail. I wonder if his dad will pardon him. And remember, when the media was worried about the Trump administration, there were nonstop hand-wringing over the presidential pardon, and would Trump abuse it? Notice there's none of this in the media right now, none of this. The double standard is striking, and the problem here is that uh, outside of Hunter Biden, which is a problem, we've got the Iran situation wherein there's also magical thinking and you really do not have a media complex in the United States willing to ask the tough questions of the Biden administration because they, like the Biden administration, are so scared of the second coming of Trump, they wanna do everything to help Biden. And ironically, that's probably the thing most likely to help the return of Donald Trump to power. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. Let me go to John. You're going to be up first today, John. Welcome to the program. How are you, Eric? I'm doing fine. Thank you for taking my call. Long time sure. listener. Thank you. Hey, just just spitballing here a minute. Now, you're talking about Hunter, and and you got my mind to got got to, got to spinning. So. What's your thoughts on the fact that the Democratic Party, the the, the the powers that be behind the scenes, have been saving this Hunter Biden laptop and story and everything else just in case they run into the problem that President Biden has has gotten himself into, where his presidency is a complete flop and they need to get him out of there? Here, here's here's the reason. To get him to resign? Oh well, yeah, yeah, I mean, and then let him let him pardon Hunter on the way out the door. Um, yeah, probably. I, yeah, yeah. Okay. So here, here's I I see where you're coming from. I think, however, that the media has been running cover on Biden, and at this point, they realize there's there's nothing worth salvaging here. And I don't know that that's to get him out of office. It's just at some point. Uh, the media does want to keep making money, and they can't keep making money if they lose all of their credibility. They know an indictment's probably coming, so they got to get ahead of it and say, CCC, we didn't cover it up. Uh, but that being said, um, let's say Biden does want to leave office and pardon Hunter on the way out. Uh, God help us having Kamala Harris replace him. Uh, that would probably, yeah. by the way, John, uh, there, there's a story out today. Uh, Kamala has replaced her chief of staff and her chief speechwriter now or rather her deputy chief of staff and her speechwriter. So virtually every single person, we are a year and a couple of months into the Biden administration. Joe Biden has not replaced a significant member of his staff, and Kamala Harris has replaced her entire staff. It's like her entire staff is molting. Uh, and instead of coming out as, as as butterflies, they're coming out as worms and scurrying off, slithering off. It, it, it's the most amazing thing that uh, the shakeup in Kamala Harris's office, the instability there, the turnover there is just remarkable. From press secretary to communications director to deputy press secretary to chief of staff to deputy chief of staff to deputy speech writer to national security advisor, you name it. Uh, every one on Kamala Harris's staff disappears it is remarkable. And meanwhile, I mean, all you got to do is say, what if this were the Trump administration? And you and I both know it. And and I think most people on the left realize it as well, that uh, the Trump administration was viewed in some way as some sort of existential crisis to the left. And they wanted to end it in the media. And they have tried their best to prop up the Biden administration. But, you know, I mean, honestly, let's just be honest here. At the end of the day, uh, if the Biden administration keeps serving you turd sandwiches, the media can only tell you they're tasty and delicious for so long before the media itself has to give up because they're eating the same turd sandwiches too. And they can't keep telling you they're tasty and delicious when they're eating the same thing. And no, it's not. And at some point, they've got to finally have the big reveal that, you know what? We're actually all eating turd sandwiches thanks to Joe Biden's economic policies. It's starting to dawn on them. They're going to have to tell the truth. Also, part of this is there's an an inevitability here. They know the writing's on the wall. The GOP is probably going to win in November. Democrats are already privately muttering that it's a done deal and so now they got to set the stage for the fight against the gop after november and the only way they can do that is to start uh cleaning up their record right now so they can fight the gop after november uh when the gop starts having hearings and hauling people in to ask questions about hunter biden welcome back it's eric erickson here the phone number if you want to call in is eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five um, I gotta, I'm, I, I, I know, oh, this is just a difficult one. Some of you have kids with you right now and you're listening. Don't be alarmed. I. I will, I'll clean this up as we go along. It's just bad, but you might as well hear. The Russians have moved out of the northern suburbs of Kiev and and just again because I've got this question again why am I saying Kiev instead of Kiev I'm trying to do the proper thing so the Russian pronunciation of the capital of Ukraine is Kiev chicken Kiev Kiev uh, the Ukrainian pronunciation is Kiev and I'm trying to say it the Ukrainian way in solidarity with what's happening in Ukraine the Russians have committed some pretty heinous war crimes and I, unfortunately, uh, I've, I've, I've seen the pictures. You don't want to see the pictures. I Okay. Ugh. When I was a kid, we moved to Dubai. And when we got there, our house was three bedrooms, two and a half bathrooms. And there was a TV room. And my first couple of nights in the house, my oldest sister had her own bedroom and my middle sister and I, we shared a bedroom. I did not want to share a bedroom with my sister. So my parents allowed me to move into the TV room and make the TV room my room. The condition was that if somebody wanted to watch TV, I had to let them watch TV. When I was a kid, my sisters would rent horror movies just to either make me get up and leave or stay in the room. Oh, I did not like them. I I, I do not like horror movies to this day. I didn't like them when I was a kid. They loved to scare me. I was mean to my sisters. My sisters were mean to me. I don't like to get those images in my head. I don't like the blood and gore images in my head. And sometimes you can't avoid it. I've seen the images out of Ukraine and the war crimes by the Russians. In the northern suburbs of Kiev, as the Russians began to pack up and leave, they began killing everyone. Anyone they saw, they killed. There was a terrible, terrible, awful story over the weekend of an elderly woman in the suburb who really didn't mind the Russians. She remembered the Soviets. She spoke Russian. She tried to be cordial to the Russians. She knew it was just a war and she was an innocent bystander. And and one way or the other, she would be a survivor. First, the Ukrainians were there. Then the Russians were there. Nobody bombed her house. So she sucked it up and did what she had to do in the hardship of war and, and accommodated the Russians being around her until they left. And she went to check on the neighbors, and they weren't there. She went to check on the other neighbors, and they weren't there. The Russians had killed everyone around her. Every one of her neighbors dead. The Russians brought young men and old men into a building and interrogated them and then shot them each one by one in the head. There's a mass grave. It's a war crime. And it's horrific. And I, I got to say the painful things here. We in the West, we make a big deal about the rule of law and treaties. We make a big deal about regulations and we'll, we'll hash things out and bilateral and multilateral agreements and global treaties. We'll go to the United Nations. We'll, we'll give big speeches. We'll speechify and use big words. We all think that we are Winston Churchill whose words can, ex- can inspire the world to rise up against evil. Words, despite what we say, despite words and phrases like the pen is mightier than the sword. The pen is mightier than the sword, but the tank is mightier than the pin. The bullet trumps the pin. The army trumps the words. If you're not prepared to fight back, you're going to get run over. And now we have this hand wringing in the West, war crimes, it's war crimes. I have seen the pictures. I've seen the nightmares made real. I've seen the horrors. I've seen the bodies with bags over their head, motionless face down on the street. I've seen the scenes of the heads with the bullets in them. I've seen the young men and the old dead in the street. I've seen the images of the mass grave. I've listened to the interviews with the witnesses. And I've heard their stories of horror. And I hear Western leaders use the phrase war crimes. Let's stop deluding ourselves. A war crime. War, the war itself is a crime. But this whole idea at times like this in the West that somehow we have this law and order regime and we're going to have rules. And those rules are going to be imposed on all the fighters in a war and all the fighters are going to stand by. You know, one of the reasons we had such a hard time in the Middle East fighting Al-Qaeda is that every time we wanted to pull a trigger to kill a bad guy, we had to call the law firm first and, and vet it out. The Russians don't give a damn about your laws and your lawyers and your war crimes, and your regulations, and your statutory authority, and your conventions on arms, and your long speeches of the United Nations. They care about killing people and winning. And because they are not going to win right now, they care about doubling down in areas where they can eke out some sort of win and kill as many people as possible. And you and I both know damn well, no one is going to prosecute Vladimir Putin in the Hague for war crimes. He's not going to hand over his generals for prosecution, and he's not going to hand over his soldiers for prosecution. And you and all of your poindextery lawyers and the president of the United States can go out and whine about war crimes. War crimes don't mean jack when the president of the United States. United States himself can't get a handle on what's going on in Ukraine and how we should stand up for Ukraine and give them real-time intelligence and arms. I, I, this whole idea that that in the world we can govern war with rules and regulations and lawyers in easy times and peaceful times, when it's third world leaders at war in Africa, that's one thing. But what is the second largest military power on the planet that has used Western environmentalists to make sure Europe is indebted to them for their oil and coal and natural gas, there's no way in hell you're going to prosecute this guy for war crimes. You're not going to arrest Vladimir Putin and have him carted off to the Hague and stand trial for war crimes. You're not going to do it. There's no reason to wring your hands about war crimes. You know what? War is hell and people die. And this is a good reminder for the West that when you lower your guard and you indebt yourself to bad people and you don't stand up for truth and you don't stand up with strength to combat bad guys, you're going to get this. Good luck dealing with the Iranians when you start funding them and letting them sell their oil. Do you really think the Iranians care about war crimes? They care about the Mahdi. They care about the afterlife. They care about Allah. They care about Muhammad. They care about destroying the Jews. War crimes? One man's war crime is another man's way to serve God. Can we grow up now? I got to tell you, I, when I was in law school, I took uh, classes on international law and, and and the law related to war. and all sounded like nonsense to me. It's just a, high, a bunch of high lawyers. Well, the last time they used biological weapons in the trenches, so let's all come together and agree we're not going to do that again. And everybody comes together around the table and says, nope, we did it the last time. We're not going to do it this time. And then they go off and they develop more biological weapons for the next time they want to do it. There's a naivete in the international law community when it comes to this sort of stuff. It's a bunch of lawyers justifying your positions and justifying your jobs. And your positions and your jobs can't stand up to a global superpower that wants to annihilate someone else. The Biden administration will work with allies to transfer Soviet-made tanks to bolster Ukrainian defenses in the country's eastern Donbas region, a U.S. official said on Friday. The decision to act as an intermediary to help transfer the Soviet-made weapons or tanks which Ukrainian troops know how to use, comes in response to a request from President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine, the official said. It marks the first time in the war the United States has helped transfer tanks. The official said the transfers would begin soon, but declined to say how many tanks would be sent or from which countries they would come. They will allow Ukraine to conduct long-range artillery strikes on Russian targets in Donbas, said the official, who spoke on the condition of anonymity because he was not authorized to speak publicly. The tank's arrival could be another signal of a new phase in the war, which is five weeks old, has been dominated by Russian attacks on Ukrainian cities and installations from the air and a stalled Russian advance on the ground. Mr. Zelensky called on Sunday for NATO allies to provide tanks and planes. In addition to the anti-tank and anti-aircraft weaponry that have become a staple of the arms transfers, frustrated at what he views as a slow pace of weapons transfers, Zelensky asked specifically for tanks. In remarks, a day after President Biden met with senior Ukrainian officials in Poland, an angry Mr. Zelensky criticized the West for what he called its ping pong about weapons transfers. In the past, the Biden administration has only wanted to deal with defensive weapons. I was reading from the New York Times there the story today. Emmanuel Macron of France is in a re-election campaign. The polls have tightened there unexpectedly in the last few days. Macron now wants Europe to give up Russian gas and coal and oil in response to the war crimes of the Russians in Ukraine, Uh, in, in response to the horror of the stories, in response to the horror of the images. It's the images that matter. You know, the same damn thing's happening in China. We just don't have photographers there to document it, so everybody gets a pass. Disney gets a pass. Everybody gets a pass. Everybody gets to still feel good, even though we know it's happening, but we don't have the pictures to prove it. We've got the pictures of the Russians. And finally, The grandpa dementia has decided he's got to do something more than defensive weapons for Ukraine. Had grandpa dementia not sat on his butt for five weeks and kept sticking his foot in his mouth and actually done something to help the Ukrainians, we might not have all these dead bodies littering the roadside in Ukraine right now. But Joe Biden didn't want to escalate the war at the same time his words were escalating the war. He was putting his foot in his mouth, calling for regime change in Russia, saying we would respond to Russian chemical weapons with American chemical weapons and saying he was going to send American troops there, all of which was retracted, all of which was denied, all of which he actually said. But he wouldn't actually do jack to help the Ukrainians advance their weapon systems. He just wanted defensive weapons so the Russians could blow up their cities and kill their citizens and the Ukrainians could get some tanks out of the way. You know, we're not even helping the Ukrainians and their drone army. They've got a massive drone army in Ukraine that's been profiled, but there are Western sanctions prohibiting parts from being shipped into Ukraine. So Europeans are buying the parts from the United States and then walking them to the border in Ukraine to help them build their drones. Because the Biden administration decided to lead from behind Because the Biden administration, like with Iran, thinks we can put words on a piece of paper and everyone will agree to them because we agree to them. The Biden administration has a willful naivete when it comes to foreign relations, something the Trump administration was never accused of having. Say what you will about the Trump administration, and it had a lot of flaws and problems. Donald Trump at least knew the nature of the people around us and knew they weren't good and knew we had to be as strong as possible to prevent bad things from happening. The Biden administration has deluded itself into thinking that you can get a bunch of lawyers together, come up with a document, take it to the United Nations, get everyone to agree to it, and bad things won't happen because the paper says they're not going to happen. A paper is no match for Vladimir Putin. You can scream about war crimes all you want but he's not going to be prosecuted, but he can be beaten. But it takes a president of the United States who's willing to not just stand up there on stage and call for regime change and say it was actually moral outrage. He really doesn't support regime change. It actually takes a president of the United States willing to let the Ukrainians not just defend themselves, but go on offense against the Russians. And this president, doesn't seem to want to do that. And so we will find many more mass graves in Ukraine, in large part because the president of the United States has dithered Oh, it's not just me saying that, by the way. Our European allies are saying the same thing. The European allies are saying it's the Americans and the White House's lawyers who are dragging everything out and making everything indecisive. The Europeans are ready to proceed, but it's on this administration from Joe Biden that's hung up with lawyers and legalese and preventing us from actually helping the Ukrainians defend their homeland. When the lawyers get involved in this capacity... Well, it's really hard to win a win a war when you got to go through the lawyers first. Well, Elon Musk has bought a controlling interest in Twitter. He's got like nine point five percent of Twitter, uh, which is fascinating. Um, that he would do this is so. There's a backstory here. Um, Elon Musk is a fan of the Babylon Bee. And he's also a free speech zealot. The Babylon Bee has been banned from Twitter. If you don't know what the Babylon Bee is, you should know the Babylon Bee. The Babylon Bee is a Christian humor site. Uh it's I find it deeply funny. Um, and my gosh, there are days I wish to write for the Babylon Bee. Uh one of their the headline right now. Ken Ham announces new movie where dinosaurs get loose on the Ark, Jurassic Ark. Addressed at a conference at the Ark Encounter today, Ken Ham revealed the teaser trailer for Answers in Genesis' Next Big Project, a feature film titled Jurassic Ark. In the exciting big-budget action movie, a rogue wave causes the raptor cages on the Ark to topple over, releasing the dinos to roam the ship and stalk its eight terrified passengers. Um, there's another one, uh, lazy Adam, just going to call this one fly dateline garden of Eden, a lackadaisical Adam really folded in with his laziest animal name, deciding to just call the flying bug. He was presented with fly. Really? That's the best you got. Boom. The voice of the Lord almighty. I gave you one job, man. I knew I should have named these things myself. Just last week, I spent all this time lovingly designing this amazing creature and you looked up and said, Peacock, give me a break. Now you're just with Fly, that's it? <laughs> but, but, Babylon B got banned from Twitter for acknowledging that Rachel Levin, uh, the Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services, is actually a man. And they banned the Babylon B account for pointing that out. And now maybe Elon Musk, with a controlling interest, can browbeat the company into not punishing people for telling the truth. Maybe. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Yeah, things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building? You want to build a building? Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can